welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers. I am your host, Joshua Tracy. And I'm Corwin Heller. And um, we are talking about football shit. What are we talking about? So we're talking about the differences, basically, in recruiting classes and how that actually translate to actual on-the-field results. Okay. So basically, teams like Alabama and Ohio State, they dominate recruiting every year, and they dominate and they dominate in the final rankings, but how does everyone else in the pack work out? Okay. Um, so basically what I did was um, I put together a list of basically the top 30, let's see, what was it? Top 31 teams um, based by how they did in recruiting the past 10 years going back to 2009 um, and then had to go through and figure out where they ranked every single year going back 2009 to 2018. So is there like a weighting system in terms of like recruiting rank? Like obviously a first round pick coming from your school would be better than second third and fourth so this isn't nfl draft this is high school to college recruiting oh oh, 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 so like the five star four star three star recruits are worth different values and then how do you get the stars because i've heard you mention the star system before um so basically there's three maybe four if you want, major recruiting sites, uh, Rivals, 247, uh, Scout. Yeah, it's called Scout, and then ESPN does theirs. Um, And it's basically three tiers, or four tiers, uh, if you count two-star recruits. So basically, five-star recruits are the best of the best. Four-star recruits are just, you know, projected four-year starters, uh, I think it is. Three stars are your depth pieces, and then two stars are guys who aren't going to go Division One FBS, right? essentially. Um, there isn't anything as a one-star recruit. I don't know why. It's a dumb system that just leaves out an entire 20% of it. Um, but whatever. 247 um, is what I used for this just because they do composite rankings. So they take ESPN, they take Scout, and they take Rivals. They take their own rankings, and then they compile it um, to like an average out rankings uh, in their composite. And then they do rankings of uh, the top 247 players. And then uh, they do the top 300 with everybody else. And then they do team rankings conference rankings all-time rankings they do everything um i love their site especially around uh um not trade deadline what the fuck is it signing deadline national signing day that's what it's called um they have a ton of information you have to pay for it which sucks i don't because who would um but yeah that's where i grabbed this you ever Um, thought about paying for like the athletic or anything since seemingly everyone works there now i really want to pay for the athletic i really do too i'm not going to i don't know how much it is a month i actually don't think it's a lot like i think both of us can afford it pretty readily but i've just never actually felt i've never paid for like a a subscription for reading right i've only paid for my, my subscriptions are all TV or Amazon deliveries. Exactly. That's what it feels is. weird about subscribing to something to read. 
I've actually uh, wanted to bring up like splitting a membership with you because why the fuck not? Um, we definitely both use it. Yeah, we definitely would. I have a subscription to Flow Wrestling because no one covers wrestling outside of this one website that does absolutely everything. Uh, and because my dad pays for it. Oh, well, there you go. And, and uh, I have a like a VPN that I subscribe to. but That's fair. Yeah. Um, when is National Signing Day? Interesting question, Josh. Uh, it used to be in like the middle, like very early February uh, or late January. Um, now there's two. So they have an early signing day, uh, like the second or third week of December. Uh, and then they have a second one in like late January, early February. I don't remember the exact date. Is this like when you apply to college and it's like early admissions versus regular? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know how I feel about it because now 90% of the players use the early signing day just so that they can commit, go early, all this shit. Right. Um, coaches love it because it locks players in and they can't kind of like teeter-tatter and pull out last minute like every 18-year-old kid does. I'm sure, um, yeah. But it, I don't know. I don't know how I truly feel about it yet. It's only been one year of it, so it hasn't had major effects. It hasn't had any like major consequences either. It's just kind of new and there, and people just deal with it, and no one has really figured out how to take advantage of it yet. How much... Um does like position affect where what uh t- college teams look for in recruits like because i'm assuming they have to account for students that are like colleges have to account for other students that are graduating or they predict to be drafted into the NFL but at the same time i feel like high school prospects have to have to be even more volatile yeah. than college prospects because mm-hmm. that's how attrition works <laughs> um so do they take position into account since they'll need positions or do they just go with like i guess a bpa style where you just take whoever is the best that you can take it's a lot more bpa just because really good high school players play fucking everywhere like Jason Cabinda went to my high school. He played middle linebacker for Penn State, now plays middle linebacker for the Raiders. He was our star running back, and then he just happened to play linebacker too um, just okay. because he was so much bigger, faster, stronger than everyone else. Right. Why wouldn't you put him at running back? Um, so pretty much all skill position players on defense, like the – all the defensive backfield, you know, some linebackers, so many of them play wide receiver and running back. Also because, you know, high schools don't have the talent pool that other places do. So most players play multiple positions. Um, like offensive linemen will often also play defensive line, stuff like that if it's a small school. Right. So when colleges look at it, it's really a lot of athletic ability. Um Nobody really cares all that much about production. It's all about athletic ability and projected athletic ability. So, like, there's almost no chance that a high school interior offensive lineman is going to go to a major school 
just because naturally he would have to play tackle because he's going to be the biggest guy. Okay. So, like, yeah, there's guys who will play center in high school and go on to play center just because they love playing center and they're really good at center. But, I don't know, probably like 75% of all offensive linemen in college football played left tackle in high school or at least some tackle. Oh, that's interesting. I never would have thought that. So, like, if you think about it, like, the guy that you have at left tackle is going to be your biggest, strongest, arguably fastest guy protecting the blind side of your quarterback. Right. Um, and high schools usually don't have more than one or two guys who are going to go play Division One football, if anyone, especially at a high level. So those offensive linemen are very much most likely to be the guy that the team wants at left tackle. Um, you know, like wide receivers are different just because height is such a big issue with slot XY receivers. You know, it's not the same. Cornerbacks and safeties are kind of the same way. It's really like offensive line is the big one. Um you know there's little things everywhere but to answer your question after like five minutes of just teetering around the point uh they just look at a lot of projection and size athleticism all that i guess that's all they really have to go on right yeah. like i mean if you can if you want to take pro, uh, not projection production into view they're playing against like 15 year old kids on the other side of them who were built like i was in high school which is not that large so yeah i mean these guys are all freaks for their teams. Uh, of course into yeah. a larger freak yeah um yeah did you have any other questions uh not yet let's keep going um yeah so basically the top 31 teams 2009 to 2018 there's no baseball reference page or anything like it for recruiting rankings outside of 247 so it's just the individual list for the 10 years so having to go through and manually sort it for 10 years of data fucking sucked. And I got like halfway through it and decided, no, the way I was doing it was dumb. So I was starting over. Sounds like when I did our contract episode and I yeah. couldn't find a spreadsheet that had contract yeah, numbers and I had to just ridiculous. manual, oh, Jesus, manual entry is such a shit job. And then like there were like teams like georgia tech who like snuck into the top 25 so i was like all right i guess i have to search for georgia tech every single year because they're on the on my table now and then i spent way too much time looking at those teams and then eventually just took them out because it had zero impact on any of this because georgia tech fucking sucks <laughs> and they got like one good recruit one year and now they're listed in the top rankings so Right now, I have them ranked according to uh, the highest average rank. If you, going off of your, you know, arguably basic knowledge of college football. Alabama. Yep. Yeah. By so much. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I know, for anyone listening thinking I know anything about college, I know nothing about college football. I know a spare few teams. Every year when it's bowl season, a team comes up I've never heard of before. I don't follow college football, and like mm -hmm. Alabama is just – it's the easiest answer. What would you say their lowest recruiting rank is? So by recruiting rank, what am I using? Like, stars or numbers here? Numbers. So like 
Oh, you mean like like list one, of like two, all twenty five oh, teams? Oh, okay. Top twenty five. Where would the lowest be for them? Um, five. You would be correct. Oh, last hey. year they were fifth, which is the lowest since two thousand and ten when they were fourth. Two thousand nine, they were third, and the seven years in between, they were all first. Oh, great! I needed another reason to like myself. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck you. Um, I get that a lot. Who just? Who do you think number two would be? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a few teams, uh, the ones that I I actually know. Just let me know where they are. Okay. Um, I know Auburn's a team. Auburn finished ninth. Okay, that's a top ten. Um, University of Miami. Miami was sixteenth. Oh, that's not as good. Um, the, so Miami had some awful years in there, like twenty-seven, thirty-three, stuff like that. Ooh, okay. They had bad years. Uh, Florida State. Florida State number four. Okay, top five again. Top five again. Um, USC number three. Ooh, did, damn, getting close again. Had like three really bad years, and the rest are like two, three, four. Is it an obvious school? What do you mean? The note number two. Is yes. It? Oh, Extremely obvious. Now I really feel like I should be getting this. I'll give you like one or is two it more Penn guesses. State? It's not. Penn State is like 20, 21 well, because they had those sanctions. They had lean years. Yeah. Um, so the first two what sanction years uh, were 31, 47, 33. If I tell you, it'll, it'll, give you away. it'll give it away. Oh, damn it. I really want to get it on my... Is it a Texas team? No. Fucking Texas shit. is eighth on here. I I don't know. You've seen them play. Oh, is that Ohio State? It is Ohio yeah. State. Yeah, I forgot they existed. So, like, I did their weighted rankings for everybody. Alabama came in at 1.9. Ohio State is 5.4. So, like, that's a pretty sizable jump considering yeah. the rest is all, like, 5.9, 6.3, 6.7, 6.8. That's nuts. A, like Alabama is just to unfair. be averaging in the top two. That's yeah, nuts. And it's you know being three and a half full like rankings ahead of the next team points. I don't know how you would call it weighted points. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so like, there's a couple teams on here that I want to talk about um, specifically. So Wisconsin. Um, let me actually bring up their page. The Badgers. I know them, too. What do you know about Wisconsin football? That was literally it. That, that the was Badgers. all I had. Yeah, that they're the Badgers. So That was the extent of my knowledge of Wisconsin football. <laughs> um, Wisconsin football notoriously just is the best at recruiting absolutely fucking no one and then somehow having like this great team. So like, I'm so sad, surprising because I know Joe that they're Thomas good. That's how I there. know Melvin who they Gordon are. Melvin Gordon went there. Okay, like really good players have gone to Wisconsin the past couple of years, um, and it's just the way it is. So they won the Big Ten overall three straight years from 2010 to 2012. Went to three straight Rose Bowls. Very very good team. What do you think their rankings were in? the those three years and the pre, uh, preceding year well you said that they're historically not good at recruiting so i'm going to guess um middle of the pack here since they're still on the list so i'm going to say like 15th see that's where you went wrong because i specifically had to add them to the list oh, because of they were that yeah. bad 
So um, they won the Big Ten three straight years against teams like Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, and they're you know top teams in recruiting with no you know lower bar to hold you back. What do you think they averaged over those years? I'm going to say I, 42, 42nd. 42 is the highest that they got. Oh my god. So in 2009, they were ranked 42. That is that's as far back as I went just cuz 10 years was right, enough data for me to find. Right, that's more than 2010, they ranked 46th. 2011, they ranked 44th. And then 2012, the final year that they won the Big 10, they ranked 65th in the country. 65th. 65th. So now this confuses me because they're they're uh, annually a good team. They continuously produce NFL talent. Yeah, and that seemed typically um, th- that's enough in, yeah. in my eyes to to get someone to want to play for you, whether it's college or, or pro. Why are they? Do, is it is it like a, they don't feel like they need to recruit that heavy? Since is this a coaching? Like, do they have really good coaches? Like, why don't why aren't they higher? Yes. Um, so it is coaching. Um, they have this guy, Paul Christ, as coach right now. He's been coaching there for uh, a decent while now. Um, but they are just extraordinarily good at player development. Um, arguably one of the best in the country. Um, oh, my God. So I pulled up their actual recruits from that year. Which year? They're, they're, the year they finished 20, 22nd? 2012. 2012, okay. Um, they signed 19 players. Two of them made it to the NFL. Ooh, Maybe who were three. they? Uh, Vince Beagle, outside linebacker, um, who now plays for the Green Bay Packers. Oh, so he stayed um, local. Yeah, and if my computer decides to load again. Uh, Jack Chichi? Sitchi? Ooh, I have no idea C-I-C-H-Y, who plays for Tampa Bay now. Um, also another outside linebacker. Um, me and my dad love to joke, Wisconsin maybe has like three black players on the entire team. It's all a bunch of like white farm boy dudes. I looked at the levels and instantly started raising my voice, oh. even as you were touching that. I have not learned my lesson at okay, all. Okay, no, that's fine. Um, so, the, so they're the New England Patriots. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Bunch of white boy Supremes, Wisconsin farm boys who just Better have, at player development. They yeah, don't have a lot of like, room for like stuff, their version of just drafting. Just like the strongest dudes around. Um, and they, like, they always have dominant offensive linemen and great running backs. And this is the New England Patriots. Yeah, wow. it's wild. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. There was a couple other teams I wanted to talk about. Um, where was Washington? Where did Washington end up? This feels a lot like it's uh, outside of Wisconsin, but like, okay, so can you read me the top five in your in your weighted point thing? Yeah. Alabama, Ohio State, USC, Florida State, and Georgia. Yeah. So this this feels a lot like, um, you know, the like, when. Jesus, what's the what's the, I'm, I'm I have a thought in my head I can't I can't verbalize well, like how how more money makes Preach more money. You know what I mean? The the, <laughs> the compounding effect of wealth, because if you get two percent back on twenty bucks, it's not as much obviously as getting two bucks to a twenty percent back on two hundred bucks. 
You know, there is there is more actual dollars as a function of having a higher principal. And this feels a lot like that because these guys, these colleges have a lot more gravitas, which is going to attract them better talent. Uh, but then you. getting better okay. talent it took also attracts bit. them. I uh, know I was wrong that way of saying it. That's why I said I don't know how to yeah, best right. say it. But so basically, having good talent gets you more wins, which also gets you more talent. And then not having good talent, I'm assuming, right outside of Wisconsin, begets you less wins, which then begets you less talent. Yes. Because that's, I'm assuming if you're a student and you're a good um, high school athlete, you have your your choice. You're probably going to go to the choice that of college that's going to get you uh, higher profile opponents, raise your draft stock for the NFL, get picked at a higher. Like you're going to be thinking that far ahead because you kind of have to. So is that is that something that's that's a problem for lower ranked schools? <laughs> it's fucking massive. So like this yeah. is people's biggest complaint with college football is that Alabama just wins every year because. They have Nick Saban, who's a great recruiter, and they literally just pick who they want um, to play for them, essentially. Um, but yeah, so Alabama gets the best because they are the best, and it, it's kind of like trickle-down economics, um, where the best teams get the best players, and everyone else down the, down the line just gets the rest of the scraps, um, which is why there's almost never any turnover around you know the top teams in the country um outside of like specific major coaches like taking a step down and you know tier wise at schools um it never really turns into anything um so like Alabama, Ohio State, Florida State and LSU who's number 6 actually all right so Let's do the top 10. So Alabama, Ohio State, USC, Florida State, Georgia, LSU, Florida, Texas, Auburn, Notre Dame, Oklahoma is the top 11. Fuck it. All of them have either won a national title or been to the national title game in the past 10 or 12 years with the exception of USC, who's just been laughably bad at producing wins with their players. Um, But they are able to get these players still because of how long they were so good for. Um, so there's not the kind of turnover that you see in the NFL, which is why the draft is so great because it allows shitty teams to get better and better teams not stay as great. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How, how would you go about solving this? You can't. Yeah, was there's gonna, no I'm, solving. I've been here. sitting here while you were talking, trying to figure out a best solution, and I've got nothing. You can't draft them because no, it's college. Yeah, uh, and these kids can are free to go wherever they want. Um, and it's honestly starting to get so much worse because they've really relaxed the transfer rules for these kids. So that's actually no. I take that back. It is getting better because of it because guys who go to Alabama or Ohio State or USC thinking they're going to go in and start and be the next great thing at Ohio State, they don't start. They need more development. They have better players ahead of them, whatever it may be. They're now transferring to other schools. Right. Um, So it's allowing schools that may not have had a chance to get those guys in the first place to have these guys as their starter and 
give them a little boost in the recruiting cycle. Um, so we'll see how that affects it. It's really annoying because commitments don't really mean anything anymore. Like, um, just for instance, the big one that's happened this past season, um, two years ago, the 2018 recruiting class, uh, the number one player was Trevor Lawrence, who famously beat Alabama in the national championship this year, best quarterback in the country, hands down, all that jazz. The number two player in that class was also a quarterback named Justin Fields, who was committed to Penn State for over a year. And then the summer before he decided, before signing day, he decommitted, wanted to open things back up again, seeing as he became really, really good and, you know, a huge prospect in everybody's eyes. He's like, all right, I want to try and go to a better school with better options, better chance to get the NFL. So he ends up going to Georgia. The previous year's number one quarterback, Jake Fromm, beat out the previous year before that's number one quarterback in Jacob Eason, took him to the national championship game, the whole shebang. Justin Fields goes, thinks he can beat this kid out, can't do it. It's like, fuck it. Someone called me the N-word one time during a game. I now have a reason to not want to go to the school anymore. I'm going to transfer out. So he does transfers to Ohio State where he's now the starting quarterback one of the Heisman favorites they're one of the national championship favorites it is what it is so committed to Penn State made that promise backed out went to Georgia made that promise backed out now he's going to Ohio State so there's it's really just free agency with nothing that schools can really do about it is is there not a penalty for for decommitting there isn't because until they sign their letter of intent, there's nothing really holding them to go to a school. So then, what is the? Uh, this is just such an ignorant it, it's question. Wild. It's a what, wild like what is situation. what does it mean to commit then? Um, it's basically just a dude saying, "Hey, when signing day comes, I'm going to go to your school. I'm committing to sign with your school." It's oh, like that's, a verbal promise. That's insane. Yep. And billions of dollars are spent on it every year. That's crazy to me. It's it's my wild. whole life. I thought when when I heard someone was committing to that school, I thought that they like signed something. Nope, not until National Signing Day does anyone really sign letters of intent, and that's like the legally binding contract that gets them to go to that school, because that's like How what do you... allows their financial aid for like their scholarship to go through, and then that's the binding aspect. Do you do you think that this whole system would change in a meaningful way if you forced commit commitments to be binding? Yeah, um nobody would really commit anymore until signing day. They would just it would literally just change the name from commit to like I'm probably going to sign with you. I'll say that, but until they sign that letter of intent or sign that commitment when they change it. I have an idea. Okay. What if there were two signing days? I know there are now, but mm-hmm. like let, let, let's change it around. Okay. Two signing days. The first one is for teams with ranks below a certain amount, and the second one is for everyone else. So that way, teams that have been performing at a lower level 
get the first chance to sign players. Um, although players know that if they wait a few more months, they'll get the chance to sign with like bigger name schools like Alabama and all that. But they right. could sign earlier with lesser schools and have that guarantee there. And that way it is kind of like the draft where worse teams get better picks, but they still have the high school players still have the independence. But what would be the like incentive for the players to want to sign early with shittier schools? Uh, well, I was just going how you said like since now there's two signing days, everyone go jumps on the first one, so that way players are like, oh, cool, we've got it, and uh, right, all that nonsense. So that way, you know, high school players can think to themselves, all right, I'm and going to college, I'm gonna get a scholarship, I'm gonna play D1 football, it'll be at I don't know some Vanderbilt. Yeah, like yeah, thirty ranked team or some shit yeah, okay. like that. Twenty to thirty ranked team. I don't. I don't. I don't know what how how um, how twenty to thirty. Let's say Michigan State. Yeah, and that's a fine school. And you know Michigan State. I do. Yeah. I root for them every year. Um, and 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 so you know like that it has a benefit for them that they they could. They could always say no and be like, I'm going to wait to see if, uh, you know, Alabama does come around. And I'm sure Alabama would send people out saying, you know, to the people that they really, really like saying, wait for signing day number two. But, right. uh, you know, they, I, I, I don't know how effective the edge would be towards the smaller schools, but I think that it would present at least some kind, not smaller schools, but I guess lesser ranked schools. Right. But I, I assume that giving them the earlier day would give them some kind of an edge. I feel like that would just lead to nobody signing early just in the hopes that they have a chance to sign with a really good school and then nothing like I feel like it would just go from everyone signing early to everyone signing late and just hoping that it happens late. I wish there was something that would, you know, kind of even out the playing field, some incentive until we get cuz even like, I was going to say, like, if we started introducing that, like, paying for players, like, allowing players to make money off of their likenesses in college sports, I feel like that would only make it worse, not better. I was thinking it might, but the money Alabama would just throw at these guys is ridiculous, you know. Major schools, who fucking knows? Yeah. It's, it's a fucking crapshoot. Honestly, anything I mean, with college athletics makes me feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, not like these teams don't already pay players significantly. Um, so, for example, Ole Miss recently, like, past, like, year and a half, two years, however long ago it was, just got a bunch of sanctions for illegally paying players. Good for them. Um, in 2012... Just as an example, they were the 48th ranked recruiting class. Not great. Um, and then in 2013, they jumped up to number eight. Oh, wow. What a, what a huge like, shift. Wow, Ole Miss, you guys are the best. Let me actually pull up their um, recruiting page. But everyone was like, oh, shit, Ole Miss, you guys are doing stuff now. How'd you do it? And they're just like, we got this great coach now. We're doing so much. We're on the ride up. All Printed these out guys. more flyers, handing out better brochures. Yeah, you know, like our academics are super great. They're not. 
Um, everyone, you know, loves all the frat boys that go here and they want to be friends with them and whatever bullshit excuses they came up with at the time. Oh my God, this is fucking bullshit. Um, (laughs) so there, they got the number one overall player, the number four, 14, 33, 94, blah, blah, blah. Number one transfer student, number six transfer student, like all the best players, um, Robert Kimdichie, Laramie Tunsil, and Laquan Treadwell. I know two of them. All three of them were first-round draft picks. Wait, really? Who was yeah. the first guy? Robert Kimdichie, drafted back end of the first round by the Cardinals. What position is he? Uh, defensive end. I have no idea who that is. As, like, he never really panned out. Just just one of those guys. I that, also don't watch Cardinals games. Yeah, could make it. As a recruit, he got a perfect rating. Damn. He got a thousand, like, the way they do it is, like, decimal point, so, like, .99 is going to be, like, a five-star prospect down to, like, .96 probably. Um, Yeah, like, 9.6 is the cutoff for five-star. He got oh, a wow. perfect thousand. Wow, yeah, it really sticks out there. Um, Just tremendous prospect. Uh, turns out they paid those three guys a tremendous amount of money. Do you know how much a tremendous amount is? Uh, no, because it wasn't uh, disclosed. Like disclosed, but they paid so much money to players. Um, I mean, you could do this yourself and do a little research. Uh, go check out any top Alabama recruit's Instagram page and look at what car he drives. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Apparently, Dodge Chargers are extremely popular in Southern Alabama, or central alabama wherever tuscaloosa is um and these kids you know with their academic scholar athletic scholarships and their small food stipend and all that shit make real great money on the side yeah i I, I I was about to say i bet they're all bagging groceries uh overtime it's really fucking hilarious wow that's next level um but i mean (sighs) Who else? Auburn got in trouble for it with Cam Newton. Uh, that was a whole big thing. Um, it feels like the war on drugs. Yeah, there's no winning. Everyone knows it's happening. Yeah, just give in. But then the NCAA wouldn't get a wouldn't be as powerful. Oh, who who would want that? You know. Yeah, the uh, the lovely trustworthy NCAA who does nothing wrong and respects college athletes. Truly great in every way, and I respect it. So what else we got here? Um, Not a whole lot. I didn't really get too far with this after having to start over. Um, right. Just because pulling this data fucking sucked, and I got annoyed and stopped like five different times. Because I don't blame you. It's tedious. Um, oh, Clemson I wanted to talk about. So in 2009, they had the 36th ranked recruiting class, um, and they ended up 15th on this list uh, as far as average rank goes. Um, They had, you know, 27 and 2010, were able to get a top 10 class in 2011, but kind of just sat around, you know, the 20s, the late teens for a couple years up until they hired Debo Sweeney, which then turned into almost consistent top-ranked classes, um, which 
Clemson has never really been a historically great franchise, but now have been able to do wonders recruiting. Um, they've actually only had two top 10 ranked classes in 2013-14 um, and have just been able to get away with you know early teens, late teens, up and down the past couple of years just because of how fucking amazing their coaching st- excuse me how amazing their coaching staff is and I love it it's interesting how how much would you say coaching um coaching versus um uh what are we calling this again recruiting Re- thank you oh, <laughs> god it's um, me, like me with the names man um coaching versus recruiting i obviously both have a big impact and I, again we can reference Wisconsin with this um, if you had to give an edge, so because I feel like one of the reasons Alabama is so successful is that they have both. Yes, they really do. They have the best coaching staff in the country, hands down. Right. Um. But like, um, if you had, if you had to either have, I'd take the coaches every time. I was because I was going to say like the fact that Wisconsin is so good mm-hmm. and they have like sixty some odd finishes in there. Yeah, sixtieth place, some odd finishes is like that's that's crazy. Right. Um. If you took, uh, like, the number five ranked class and the number 15, 20 ranked class, let's do 20 because it's a little bit bigger of a difference between the two, and you gave the 20th ranked class to a group of guys of, like, Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, uh, and Chris Peterson from Washington, who's phenomenal at player development, um, and then gave the top five class to uh, Brian Kelly of Notre Dame. Um, I would take the. I would say the top twenty class would win almost every time. Uh, you know, after they have a couple years to develop them, just because you know high school kids are high school kids. Sure, you'll have the top couple guys overall who honestly could probably play in the NFL at eighteen. But everyone else needs to develop their bodies, need to develop their technique, need to just learn the game still. Um, And coaching is so immeasurable at that, that I would take the coaches every time. When do do college football rankings come out? Uh, The preseason one will come out probably, I don't know, in a probably like late july early august like the official ones will be like two or three weeks before the actual season starts so like early august um but you can go almost anywhere online now and see some kind of ranking i mean they put espn will always put one out at the end of the previous season um it is what it is They'll always do one after this late signing day. Yeah, so I was going to ask how much does signing day like? Have you ever seen like a huge jump based just off of what a team does or college does, I guess, um, after signing at signing day? No, just because you don't expect true freshmen to really play a huge impact where it would be a huge difference for a team of, you know, 90 guys. Does it happen ever, though? Yeah, it'll happen. Um, what's the what's your favorite memory of that happening? Uh, actually, recently at Oliver, uh, going to Houston. Um, Houston is not a historically great team. I was gonna say I didn't realize that was they had a team there. Yeah, uh, University of Houston. They oh fuck I forget the guy's name. I think He's, it's pronounced Houston. Uh, actually, Houston County for your uh, Lower East Side folks. H- 
huge reference for you guys here. The guy I mentioned earlier, Jake Fromm, who beat out Justin Fields, is from Houston County, Georgia. So there you go. There I go. Josh, you're a goddamn genius. Um, but yeah, Ed Oliver committed to Houston when this one coach was there. Coach left to go coach at Texas, and he was like, fuck it, I'll stay at Houston, and then was a Heisman contender for the rest of his career there. What position at was he? Defensive tackle. Really? Yeah. I know, we've talked about him before for like the draft stuff. Um, the dude's phenomenal. See, this is the problem with talking to me about players is that I'm just so bad with names. I'm yeah, so... True. I if if you ever meet me in person, I will forget your name immediately after you tell it to me. Uh, I am oh my god, I'm so bad with names. I'm that way with non-football people. I don't know why. It just football. I can remember names. Yeah, I can. I can. I can kind of do it. I'm better at it in baseball. I'm still not great at it. Uh, I'm especially bad in hockey. I'm especially oh, bad. Hockey's in hockey's rough. Um, but like I can like mumble my way through like football and baseball pretty decently, but like hockey, oh my god, it's uh, it's just because it's all those like long ass yep Eastern European yep, names. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, like uh, the first pick last year was like Andrei Svechnikov, some shit, and like sure Igor, like the Shosturkin, Shosturkin. Yeah, fuck me if I try to remember that name. Only, I mean, that's the same thing. Like, the only reason I ever know how to pronounce any of the names I actually know how to pronounce is because I heard someone else say it before I had to say it in public. Right. Like I've never heard Shigorskin, Shostorkin, Shostorkin pronounced before. I've just seen it in written word. There's no way I could make syllables out of that. No, I mean, I, I remember when I first started watching Brady Shea start off, I, I was pronounced, because I didn't, it was before I, like, listened to, like, any, like, radio shows or podcasts that talked about the Rangers, so I didn't hear his name pronounced, and so for the first, like, two weeks, because I just wasn't paying attention to the broadcast, I was saying Skia. Yeah, because it's, it's the stupidest like fucking it. spelling name ever. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, and that's what I was on in Eastern European, that thing was just straight up American, but fucking still. Get your shit together, Brady. Yeah. Oh well. You got any other questions on this shit? Not on this in particular. So do do you follow Penn State's closely? Yes. How did they do? Um, we've had four decommitments in the past week. Really? Past two weeks, whatever it was. Yeah, so like I'm not panicking at all right now. Or is that just um, common, I guess? It's not uncommon to have decommits. Uh it's pretty fucking uncommon to have like four of them over the span of like two weeks we've had like four decommits and like three commitments it's been a roller coaster um and i'm scared hold me nice all right that's good that's Um, good but yeah like just to give you penn state so like before all the sanctions happened we were 19 13 then the sanctions came and we were at 31 47 33 24 then we hire James Franklin. Actually, we hired James Franklin. And it was like 14, 20, 15, and then last year we were at six. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah, so we've been doing much better. All right, well, I guess that's good for uh, for all the Penn State fans out there. Yeah, we're not going to suck forever anymore. But uh, no, that, that I think that's it for my questions. Yeah. Um, I bet we'll talk about this at some point in the winter for National Signing Day. But... True. This you know. does sound like something I'd I'd like to to talk about again when it's um when it's around that time because now I am very curious about this entire process. 
Yeah, it's a uh, it's a great time if you really want to get into it. Uh, it's also horribly depressing when you are rooting for certain players to come to your school, and they don't because they're fucking eighteen year old kids. I was say, it must feel they, so weird. Yeah, yeah it's like they're so young. God, the Twitter on this is brutal. Oh, I bet. Just fucking cranky old weird fans just cursing at recruits for going to a different school in their home state than the one this one person happens to like. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's a whole subculture I don't think I need to be too involved in. But, oh, well, we can talk about it more in the winter. I'm down. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you want to um, hit us up via email, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com. And if you want to check out the show notes for this episode and all previous episodes, you can do so at juicingthenumbers.wixsite.com slash website and uh, tell your friends. So until Monday, y'all have a good one. Bye.